0: Just do it on your phone. Just a little tappy tap on the screen. I
1: ain't fucking with that fucking tiny little fucking ass thumb keyboard from Huawei.
0: From from what away? Huawei. I don't even know what word you're saying. Is this a toad in the hole?
1: It's <laughs> so the bubbling squeak of cell phones. It's um, it's the Chinese brand that they work on a bad. Oh with, oh, I know what
0: us. you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I actually, I I know exactly.
1: I like to invite a little mischief into my life. I like to play dangerously sometimes. Hi, China, you know?
0: <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I know you are. I know you are.
1: What's the temperature <laughs> over there, guys? And can you do me a deal on an AC? Thank you. <laughs>
0: what's growing my spuds. Welcome to Clash <laughs> the only podcast where it's not only acceptable but encouraged to say OJ killed JFK. We cut I'm taking it away.
1: We cut that out.
0: Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. It's a hidden why why did they why did they put that in that episode? We're I'm going to put a conspiracy in the conspiracy podcast.
1: Oh, like we were silenced
0: by big OJ. <laughs> it's going to go great.
1: Clash We pit two conspiracies together and then we rate them on a scale of their deep impacts. How hard do they hit? What difference do they make in the world? We rate them on a scale of their hook, which is their believability. Like that one scene in Hook with the food and stuff.
0: We also have the category formerly known as Inception, where we rate the conspiracies based on how creative, how original the... The X Factor, the, the the quinoa. Say the quinoa bit.
1: Je ne sais quinoa. My new quinoa brand.
0: Big Quinoa, please sponsor us <laughs> and help the fight against Big OJ.
1: <laughs> Today, the two competing conspiracy theories are sort of like fragments of broader conspiracy theories. But what we're doing is we're hitting up aliens, specifically Roswell. So don't worry, alien fans. There will be more alien content in the future. And then we're hitting up the Knights Templar, specifically with their relationship to Oak Island. Obviously, the Knights Templar, they have a fingers and a lot of pies. We're going to go through every pie again later down the line. So I'll tell you about one conspiracy. James will tell you about the other. Then at the end, we'll discuss the two at the same time. <clears throat> the Knights Templar. James, do you ever practice saying what you're gonna say before it happens?
0: Uh only the only the intro, and I fucked that up because <laughs> I was gonna say something really funny before the OJ bit. But I was gonna say what's growing my spuds and then <laughs> say the OJ bit. Okay. We can edit that part. Like me dejectedly saying that <laughs> into the beginning of the episode. Okay. So, <laughs> the Knights this.
1: Templar. Famous knights. (laughs) (laughs) Knights Templar. You're probably familiar with these guys from movies, from TV shows, from video games. Big impact on modern culture, modern history fans. Everybody knows about the Knights Templar. They're the dudes that wear, like, the white bibs with the big red crosses on. Famous throughout history. Really made a name for themselves during the Crusade era, but have remained pretty hot and cool since... The initial Knights Templar movement started in 1119 and ended in 1312. So we're talking about 200 years of action for some of the best knights the world has ever known. I was reading about them and I'm like, dude, this is like, this is 300 level. These are like Spartans, but also they don't fuck. These are fuckless Spartans.
0: Don't get me started on 300 and the Spartans will be here all day.
1: Are we going to do a Spartan episode?
0: I would... I would spend a whole day shitting on Sparta and their propaganda. I would love to do that.
1: James, but what about Philidemus and his limping I don't know the names.
0: I don't I don't know about Philatio <laughs> and his limping. I don't wanna talk about that.
1: Back in the day, there was a time called the Crusades, where Jerusalem was passed between different religions, much like a child of divorced parents. And whilst in the hands of the Christians. They had Jerusalem, but they didn't have the surrounding areas. So any pilgrimage, any sort of spiritual journey that was made to Jerusalem from Europe was rife with danger. There were robbers, there were murderers, there were naughty men on horses. And a lot of the Christians, they would get robbed or murdered, etc., on the way to the Holy Land. And then the Knights Templar were like, hey, we could do this. We're some monks and we can protect you. They swore all the same stuff. They swore their lives to Jesus and God. Maybe both. Maybe they're the same thing. They swore no rumpy pumpy. All of the stuff, right? They would have, like, no possessions, etc. And they would accompany the Christians on their journeys. Initially, they were called the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon. But that didn't fit in their Twitter handle, so they just changed it to the Knights Templar. That's a joke, James. That was a bit of comedy I was, that I just I, like. I was
0: I was I was going to say that's my band name actually, <laughs> so we're going to have some legal issues.
1: During the formation, like they started there was just like a ragtag band of like these poor fellow soldiers of Christ. So they went to King Baldwin II, King of Jerusalem, and they're like, "Dude, you know what? We've been like ferrying these Christians to Jerusalem, like we're really good guys. Can you support us in any way?" And he was like, "Yeah, poor fellow soldiers of Christ in the Temple of Solomon." let me put you up in a bit of my palace and at this time on temple mount there was the dome of the rock which still very famous and a mosque called Araxur. temple mount infamously previously had housed king solomon who was the third king of israel his palace and Within that palace lived the most sacred religious artifacts of all time, such as the Ark of the Covenant. And before King Solomon built his palace on Temple Mount, it is the famed location from the Old Testament where Abraham prepared his altar to kill his son. And that's like the history of Temple Mount, right? So I
0: wouldn't brag about that last one. That seems a little sketchy. It doesn't sound like a good neighborhood.
1: He went through it, right?
0: No, no, he was, like, getting ready to because he's like, sorry, son, but the the big G-man in the sky said, I gotta do it. And then at the last moment, I'm pretty sure God's like, whoa, whoa, it was just a prank. Don't do it. <laughs>
1: There's a camera there. There's a camera there. There's a camera
0: there. Ashton Kutcher came out and <laughs> kicked Abraham in the balls.
1: Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar II, king of Babylon, destroyed King Solomon's palace and then built his own shit, and then the Romans plundered that. And then we get to finally, you know, the Dome of the Rock and the Araxur Mosque, where Baldwin II tells the poor fellow soldiers of Christ in the Temple of Solomon that they can can sleep in there, they can have a wing or an arm (laughs) of the mosque. At this point, at this point, the poor fellow soldiers are like, well, you know, we should change our name to better reflect our current state of nobility. Let's call ourselves the Knights Templar, like the Knights of the Temple. Probably. It might not mean that. But Templar and Temple are very similar sounding. (laughs) And that's the story that I'm going to weave today. With their new base of action, the Knights Templar kind of took off, right? They didn't have any money themselves. But because, you know, this is the 1130s, everyone's super big into religion. Like, it's one of the main things that they do there. So all of, like, the religious rich families and kings, etc. from around the world... Donate money and castles and goods to the Knights Templar, and at one point the Knights Templar became richer than some countries and therefore some kings, and possibly owned Cyprus. Um, Yeah. Anyway, these yeah, confirmed. Yeah,
0: they. So like how it works is people would basically like seed them like little like you said castles and stuff and then i think at different points in history like the order would literally just own like huge chunks of land so it it was like a mini country that also had like little bases throughout europe shit was bussin bussin
1: is what you say oh my
0: god <laughs> sorry oh i'm back i'm teaching middle school again
1: <laughs> so interesting fact the knights templar are credited with inventing the first bank Ooh. Well, it's like Czechs specifically, but it's sort of like a banking system, right? What they would do, because like these Christians um, during their like holy temple visits and their pilgrimages would get robbed. They didn't want them to have to like carry money with them. So say like a European Christian, say so that is he's sitting he's up, he's, he's living in Paris. Yeah, he wants to pop over to, to Jerusalem, the big J, but he wants to take 200 gold coins with him. What he does is he gives it to the Parisian Knights Templar and they give him a little piece of paper that says, yeah, I got you 200 coins, mate. He goes over to Jerusalem. Does he get robbed? Maybe, but he's got nothing to steal. They're not taking that paper. It's just a bit of paper. And then he gives it to one of the uh, J-Dogs, the Jerusalem Knights. And they're like, oh, 200 coin. Here you go, mate. Here's some from our reserve here. And thus the first sort of check system was invented. It was a bank. And some people even go as far as to say that the Knights Templar were the first multinational corporation. Because, you know, they functioned everywhere. They had incomings, outgoings. And the Pope, in order to, like, which really, like, facilitated the absolute inflation of their wealth, so that they no longer had to pay taxes anywhere. They didn't have to abide by any land (laughs) laws anywhere. The only person they had to listen to was the Pope.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say God.
1: Pope Innocent II was like, guys, Knights Templar, you're my homies. Do whatever you want. Unless I tell you different, the world is your oyster baby.
0: What's an oyster baby?
1: It's important to note, however, that the knights themselves still retained no personal possessions or wealth. So it was interesting that so many people wanted to join them because their life was empty. Empty of of love, of money, of belongings, of capitalism, but very full of God and righteousness. There were about, at the peak of the Knights Templar, there were 15, estimated 15 to 20,000. Only 10% of them were actually knights. The rest of them were like accountants and shit and like guys just sorting out the bookkeeping. And the fact that there was only 10% of them, say an army of about 2,000 knights, that had such a great impact on the Crusades and was so well revered throughout history they were like Always the first guys in the battle. They were like the shock troops. They would just run in on horses and they would keep fighting until they didn't see a, like a Templar flag flying anymore. They they were the like first ones in and like the last ones alive. They these were like the final boss, but they were the first boss also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you're some Kingdom Hearts or Dark Souls level mechanics going on <laughs> with the Knights Templar.
1: One of their side interests, however, was relic hunting. James, do you have any jokes about relic hunting?
0: Not at all, and if I did have any, they certainly wouldn't be edited in right <laughs> now. Solomon is important. Nebuchadnezzar, cool. Big-ass wine.
1: They would look for a incredibly rare and valuable religious artifacts. Um, three of the things that they were quite commonly said to own were the crown of thorns that the Romans put on Jesus' head, a bit of the cross, the one that Jesus was on for a bit. <laughs> oh, that one? He hung out on. <laughs> uh. And then also the Shroud of Turin. Really? Supposedly.
0: Oh, did they talk about the uh, the jabby bit that Jesus got stabbed with, too? The, like, uh...
1: Yeah, apparently they had the... It's like uh, a spear
0: or something. Yeah,
1: apparently they had the spear. So th- the crown of thorns, the a bit of the cross and the Shroud of Turin, it's like, oh yeah, they had those. But then other people are like, yeah, but they also have the Ark of the Covenant. They also have the Holy Grail. They also have Solomon's golden anora. They also have the spear. I don't know what, again, I don't know what the name of that is, but like whatever pierced Christ, pretty important. But then people that are like super into this are like, give them everything. They've got all the shit from the Da Vinci Co., you know? They've got, they've got the big slates from Moses.
0: (laughs) The big slates from (laughs) (laughs) Moses. The, the Ten Commandments?
1: Yeah, the big, the original blackboards.
0: Yes, <laughs> James, the Ten Commandments. They've got the Bubba Gump light-up cup.
1: In the early, well, in the late 1200s, things are going pretty swimmingly for the Knights Templar for like 200 years, right? There's a lot of crusades, it's up and down. You know, Jerusalem goes back to Islam comes back to the Christians, goes back to Islam, comes back to the Christians, and ultimately ends up in the hands of the Muslims. So, due to this, there wasn't like as much stuff for the Knights Templar to do because they were no longer, you know, a rite of passage of protection for Christians on a pilgrimage. They weren't popping over there as much. This was the beginning of the end for the Knights Templar, because at this time, in control of France, was King Philip the Fourth.
0: That son of a bitch.
1: He owed the Knights Templar a bunch of cash, right? And he noticed that they were less valuable to the world in general at this point, because, you know, of the lack of pilgrimage. So he was like, fuck it, I don't want to pay these guys my debts. What I'll do instead is I'll just torture them and get them to say that they're part of the initiation (laughs) ceremony is to denounce Christ and piss on a cross. And he did it to he was to be the last grandmaster of the Knights Templar. Jux Demole.
0: Jack mole
1: He tortured Jax Damole and he got him to confess that the initiation of the Knights Templar was to denounce Christ, which obviously irritated a lot of people.
0: <laughs> a lot of a lot of things are heating up in the Christ fandom right now. Is that actually like that that like he tortured him to get him to admit that part? Yeah. Like, oh, that's so, like, that's so... I mean, that that is pretty, like, heinous, especially for the time. But, like, that's also so juvenile. Like, yeah, yeah, and you pee on crosses, too. That's how bad you are. Like, you couldn't just, like, come up with something a little bit more adult. I don't know.
1: I, I feel like he could have just left it at denounced Christ, and that would have had enough of an impact. He didn't have to also piss on a cross. Like, it was all the the usual things. It was, like, you know, like, sodomy um worshipping other gods probably and there's like evidence for that actually like later on supposedly that we'll get into somewhat tied to the oak island conspiracy another motive that the king may have had other than just to get rid of his debts to the Knights Templar if they didn't exist anymore in ethiopia concurrently there was a royal who said the ark of the covenant belonged to ethiopia And he believed that because it had previously been in King Solomon's temple, that the knights Templar were in possession of it. And essentially he was like, if you guys can get me the Ark of the Covenant, I'll give you big moolah. And King Philip was like, get rid of my debts and make some moolah at the same time, a double whammy. Fucking burn these boys. And thus he burned the boys.
0: (laughs) I just like that throughout history, this is a pretty common thing where kings will be horrifically in debt and their master stroke, their genius move, is to just say, "Nah, I'm not paying you back." With the think, option, uh, the option of also killing off whoever they owed money to.
1: You think at this point people might be hip to the fact that kings not so trustworthy, like on the whole.
0: Yeah, I would not lend any money to a to a monarch of sizable proportions. It just <laughs> seems like a risky venture.
1: Unfortunately. For the heroes of the story, the Knights Templar. Pope Innocent II, he's gone now.
0: <laughs> he did not live forever.
1: We've got a different Pope has popped in. Pope Clement V. And this guy was a bit of a weasel. He wasn't the noble Pope that we're familiar with, with Pope Innocent Pope Innocent II. This guy is more like a snivelling little Game of Thrones character. And he's in... And there's too many numbers involved and I wish <laughs> you should some really sorted that out. Pope Clement V is in King Philip IV's pocket, right? He's playing a role in this. So he's going over to the Knights Templar and he's like, Look, I can absolve you of your sins. Like, just confess and I'll absolve you with God. I'll square away the tab. Everything will be super chill with you and Jesus So the knights did this. Pope was like, cool, that's all gravy. Squared away. Everyone's even now. Cool. We cool boys. And then Philip was like, no, Pope, you unabsolved them.
0: (laughs) What?
1: So he unabsolved them. And then the king burned like dozens of knights Templar that he could find in France. And he found them through their beards and the big white bibs that they wore with the red crosses on. (laughs) Some of them had the foresight to take those off. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just burned them all um, for heresy. Just before this, Jax de Moyle, who you'll remember is the last Grand Master of the Knights Templar who admitted to like pissing on cross and denouncing Christ, was like, No, I take it back. We we love Christ, guys. Like, he's, he forced us to do it. And then he like burned. And that was the end of the Knights Templar. But was it? Dun, dun, dun. Hmm? Kind of, in a way, it was.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Thought there'd be a little bit more mystery there, but So
1: um so I think first it's important to like look at different pieces of small evidence or rumour about the Knights Templar and their relationship to Christianity because there's also been a couple of things found that suggest that, hey, maybe they weren't as Christ devout as they pretended to be, which seems like a bit of a stretch, given the fact that they gave up their whole lives and all their possessions to help Christians go to Jerusalem. We were talking earlier, James, about um, worshipping the Baphomet. Right. Right. And this just comes from the fact that somebody heard them chant that. Like, they're super into the
0: Baphomet. Oh, I've heard about that.
1: Apparently, but some people argue that they were just Muslims chanting for Muhammad and it's they misheard it and it sounded like Baphomet so they were maybe practicing Islam which would you know also be bad but then in the 1850s some guy drew a diagram of the Baphomet and made him look like a goat devil which is now associated with like the Templars that
0: and like, like with the uh the incredibly credible source of the guy saying that he heard some other guys saying something that sounded like baphomet was there a language barrier because i know these guys are operating from all kinds of like different countries and stuff and they're being brought together is it possible that this guy just literally couldn't understand the language that the other knights were speaking in
1: it's definitely possible i don't know which of the knights templar were said to have shouted that they love baphomet dick <laughs> you know like i don't it was it the french ones was it the ones that were based in Israel? I don't know which one it was, and I don't know who heard them. But yeah, I mean, they were from all over the world, right? So it's it's definitely possible. In addition to that, whilst they were imprisoned in France, they supposedly drew on the walls of their cells, and there were inscriptions on the prison walls that alluded to or represented Venus and pagan deities, which, obviously, big frowned upon in the Christian world. No vegan no vegan diets, <laughs> no, <laughs> no pagan <laughs> deities
0: for you guys. They regularly, they regularly shot catapults <laughs> at Venus. Didn't work, but the ire, the malice, it was all there.
1: All that is to say, there are some potential hints that there was something else going on, a cult-like... Distance, I don't know. That's just a little thing. But they could have just been doodling on the wall and it happened to look a little bit... Like one of them's like a heart with a flower, which I feel like a particularly poetic Templar <laughs> might absentmindedly draw on a wall during his interment. Or
0: a, or a toddler Templar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we found Kilroy was here on one of the walls. That was a little weird. Are we sure that it's not just Philip making shit up to justify... His uh, wacky antics. Uh,
1: possibly. Let's get back to France.
0: <laughs> no, you can't take me there.
1: <laughs> templar's gone, right? But as we remember oh. from the meat and potatoes of this story, the bubble and squeak of this story
0: the toad and the hole. The
1: Templars had made bank in the 200 years that they were reigning supreme over Earth. Uh, But where's all that fucking treasure (laughs) popped off to? They've got all these religious artifacts. They've got gold out the wazoo. Like, apparently, like, a billion dollars worth of today's pounds. We've never found any of the supposed wealth of the Knights Templar. So... We need to we need to backtrack a few a few months before the old burning apparently the templars got wind of uh, King Philip IV being a little bit sussy so they were like shit boys we this could be the end for the templars but fuck me if he's getting our holy grail <laughs> those two big slates that Moses loved they're coming with us right so what they did <laughs> is they moved the treasures down through France There's a very specific cathedral in France that has some sort of imagery in one of the outside columns that suggests that the Templars may have resided there for a while. And then from France up to Scotland where there's another building with some leading engravings about the Templars and then from Scotland on the old Norse shipping routes up through to the New World in Nova Scotia where they potentially buried their treasure, including the Holy Grail, and the Ark of the Covenant, and all the other juicy Christ shit, in a big hole. <laughs> oh
0: my god. This episode is going to do great with the devout demographic of our podcast audience.
1: At so this time, Scotland had a slightly tumultuous relationship with the church. Somebody had been like the king or whomever had been excommunicated by the pope, and then by default also the people of Scotland. They yeah. like they weren't in the same WhatsApp group as the pope anymore. Like they had no mutuals. They were trying to ratio each other on Twitter. It was a whole big thing, and the knights were like, "Okay, these guys, not big fans. They're not vibing with Christianity right now." And those guys, I'm just gonna pop over. Probably I'll just pop over to Scotland. They'll house me. They'll harbour me. Much like the guys that took in Julian Assange. And they did.
0: Ooh, topical. Thank
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other things that suggest that maybe... The Knights Templar in Scotland. Scotland had a battle with England um, in the early 1300s. It was said to be, in terms of manpower, one to three. So one for Scotland to three people for England. Scotland just like won by a landslide because of these mysterious knight troops that they had that were just so much better than everybody else. <coughs>
0: hmm.
1: They're the Templar boys. They're the first and also final boss of every battle.
0: Are you telling me Scotland and England were fighting? <laughs>
1: yeah, a bit beef, probably.
0: I find that hard to believe. <laughs> Good that it got resolved and there is no animosity between the two peoples to this day.
1: Very aligned and all political thinking now, also... <laughs> In addition to this, there's a place in Scotland called the Roslyn Chapel. In this chapel, some of the carvings include two knights on a horse, which if I had been thorough, I would have mentioned this at the start of my story, was the sort of insignia of the Knights Templar. It was their logo. They would put that on a little PNG on their potty. Two knights (laughs) on a horse. And that was really just to infer that they were definitely poor. We're so poor we had to put two knights on one
0: horse, oh, that's yeah. cute.
1: Another one is a flower that didn't exist in Scotland and only existed in the new world. also corn there was some sort of corn there that you know Scotland guys hadn't seen before. We didn't have corn in Scotland. You know what I did I drifted out of the video during the corn portion, but <laughs> there's something to do with corn. Oh. Yeah, yeah,
0: even my even my midwestern sensibilities aren't keeping me anchored to this whole corn situation.
1: <laughs> and there is a goat sigil carved into the Roslyn <gasps> Chapel, which was no, it's not Baphomet, sadly.
0: Booferman, A goat?
1: No, yeah, it's just a goat. Like they, apparently that was their other like thing that when they didn't go by two nights on horse, they went by goat.
0: Get me off this wild ride.
1: There is a letter. That was written in the 1500s by the mother of Mary, Queen of Scots. Clues in the title as to how important she was. To the son of the guy who built the Roslyn Chapel. She's just like talking a load of, you know, like old school, like nothing waffle. But then she says, and don't worry, your secret shall be kept safe. Mmm. The secret that binds us. Hmm. Templars, Scotland. Templars went to Scotland at some point. Did they go to Nova Scotia, come back again, and tell this guy about a flower and he put it in a church? IDK.
0: That'd, that'd be a weird priority. Like, you're not gonna believe this. We found a new flower.
1: We buried, uh, you know, the fucking thorn crown that Christ wore, But also, oh my god, there was like the prettiest flower.
0: <laughs> yeah, there may have been a guy who's like, holy shit, new flower just dropped. put it put it put it in the mural
1: to support the um rosalind cathedral carvings i mentioned earlier that the templars went like through france initially and and had had a little detour a little long weekend a cathedral in in france and the column on the outside of that cathedral has a depiction of the templars taking the art of the covenant from jerusalem and I'm not going to say that slightly on the nose, guys. Could we have been a little <laughs> bit less overt with that?
0: Is it, like, literally like that's what it's supposed to be? Or is it just, like, dudes carrying a thing?
1: You know, dudes carrying a thing, Templar's carrying the Ark of the Covenant. It's tomato, it's tomato, isn't it? Yeah,
0: Yeah, I suppose, yeah. I may have carried the Ark of the Covenant then, and I didn't even realize it.
1: <laughs> so, um, are said to have been accompanied by monks and others who were really good at building throughout history. So, like, there were underground tunnels leading from chapels that were said to have housed them and stuff like that. When the Oak Island situation comes into play, some people were like, oh, they could never build a big hole. And then you're like, yeah, but they had these, the monk buddies, which is what we're going to talk about. The big hole.
0: Yes, hole time. That's my catchphrase.
1: Oak Island in Nova Scotia, is a really small island. I'm gonna say it's 140 acres, and there's been a lot of suggestions, legend, that there's a treasure buried on the island. There were these rocks, like these boulders that were found in a big cross formation, fucking hundreds of years ago. There's, like, weird electromagnetic activity on the island. A bunch of shit. bunch of shit happening on the island. And most infamously is the Money Pit, which was found, I think, like, in the late 1700s for the first time. These guys... There were these three oak trees upon which there were carvings, and in the middle of these oak trees there was sort of, like, an inverted piece of, like, mud. And the mud was sunken in. And the guys dug through the mud, because obviously, like, people were like, there's treasure here. People thought that already. And it kept flooding, too. There were these um, tunnels that led into the money pit. So whenever anyone reached a certain length, the pit would just flood, and then it would be impenetrable. One of the most interesting finds are um, some coconut fibers in the money pit. And these were carbon dated to between twelve sixty and
0: fourteen hundred AD. Oh, oh, oh.
1: There weren't coconuts in Nova Scotia at this time. So these coconuts had been there before the Americas, the New World had coconuts.
0: What?
1: Someone had to bring them over. What group of people had better access to coconuts than Knights Templar?
0: I just Googled well I'm I'm looking at the the range for where coconuts naturally grew. And this shit's not even remotely near Europe, either. So that's, like... That's nuts. Literally. Get it? Because coconut? In
1: 2017, during this, like, more in-depth ongoing plan to research the money pit done by these two brothers that have, like, dedicated their entire lives to, like, finding out what's in the the money pit, they found a bunch more stuff. They found some little like they found some coins they found little knick-knacks of like gems and brooches and stuff like that nothing like not much at all like when i said like three like 3 knickknacky brooch things could have been from any just old rich guys floating around there at that time but they did find a lead cross.
0: Ooh,
1: had the same isotropic signature consistent with a mine in france And it's the same shape as one of the things that they found engraved in the wall from the Templars during their imprisonment. Really? They also found a bone with the same isotropic signature as the lead cross and two bones. One of the bone fragments was a European bone fragment from a couple of hundred years before. But then there was an even older bone fragment found, identified as perhaps being from the Middle East, from someone of Middle Eastern descent. In Nova Scotia, in the New World, a hundred years before Columbus popped over there and discovered and invented America.
0: Yeah, as an American, I can corroborate that. uh, That is, in (laughs) fact, what I learned in school.
1: Putting that all together with the coconuts.
0: I I don't know about the coconut thing. The coconut thing is really weird, but that... Like, all of that is really... uh, If that is, in fact, what it is, like, I'm gonna trust that no one's pulling the wool over anyone's eyes over at the History Channel. That is pretty convincing, but, you know, History Channel.
1: This is all... Here's the thing. This is all from that series of those two guys, like, looking into the money pit. It's been six seasons, and I feel like if they were gonna lie about it... They'd come up with something fucking juicier than, like, a bone fragment from the... Mid- like, that is juicy, but, like, I feel like in terms of audience retention for six series... Wait. Give me, like, the, the dick of Christ, <laughs> just give me My something! God.
0: We're gonna cut that part out. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so it's six seasons, not just six, like, episodes... Oh my God! Oh my God! hundred and thirty-eight episodes of Curse of Oak Island. What the fuck? Oh, how do you, how do you make a show for this long? I mean, you look at shows like, like Ghost, whatever the fuck, go- Ghost Investigation, whatever show, like i think they i think they play that game where like some episodes they try to keep it plausible and they only get like little hints of stuff so that on episodes where they do find something like oh like whoa this is a real standout moment but like to to have a series that stretches 138 episodes and they found like three things like i I, i would be inclined to believe that they're just being honest but i'm That's baffling to me.
1: If anything, I request that they lie to me a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to request a little bit of gaslighting from you guys at this stage because the relationship's fizzling out. Yeah. Like, make it spicy.
0: Maybe some gatekeeping and girl bossing on the side as well. Alright, uh, should I dive into my Roswell thing or is your brain fried?
1: I would love to hear about Roswell right now
0: so I have this set up so that I have the official you know approved timeline of what happened at Roswell and then I have personal accounts that contradict it as well as like little little bits that I picked up on where I'm like hmm this might not line up entirely how people say it does so this first run through is gonna sound very very sheeple uh you know this is what the government wants you to think faithful listeners don't think that i turn my brain off i'm just you have to know your enemy first the official timeline starts in late june or early july of 1947 william quote mac brazel or brazel i i got a bunch of like conflicting spellings but i'm just gonna call him brazel he's a foreman at a ranch foster ranch and he notices some debris Foster Ranch is like 30 miles outside of Roswell, and that's why we call this the Roswell Incident. Looking at a newspaper at the time, there are accounts that there's strange blue light near the ranch at around 3 a.m. The two events aren't necessarily linked, but William Brazel describes the objects as being about as large as a safe. He's talking about like a big hunk of the debris, three by four feet. He also describes it as being more or less like tinfoil. A later account from Mr. Brazel would give some more exact details. His initial encounter with the debris was on June 14th. So like this is after he's gotten... You can either say he's gotten time to get his story straight or he's just had time to collect his thoughts. But he says on June 14th is when he like very first sees the wreckage with uh, some of his family. He says it's bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tinfoil, rather tough paper. That's a bit that uh, people find a little unusual. And he just kind of leaves it there. He's like, oh, that's weird, but I've got farm stuff to do. <laughs> so he just fucks off. And then on 4th of July, he's like, hey, family, let's go check out the glowing metal that fell on this property. And then on July 5th, you know, he's obviously this man is like isolated from the outside world quite a bit. And he's living out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. But even he hears about the whole flying saucer, flying disc phenomena That's gripping, like, the region. Like, everybody and their uncle is seeing shit flying in the sky. So he's like, oh, damn. I think I know what that glowing stuff is now. So it's taken him, like, half a month to actually, like, look at this stuff and piece together. Like, oh, I might have something here. On July 6th, he finally gets a hold of the sheriff, George Wilcox, in Roswell. And then Wilcox, in turn, tells the Roswell Army Airfield... To quote Brazil, he whispered kind of confidential-like to the sheriff. So I really (laughs) like this image of this guy, this like farmer, who just whispers to the sheriff, I think I got something out in my field.
1: I want to know how you can whisper unconfidential-like, because typically if I'm whispering, it's because it's confidential. I'm not whispering stuff. Like, if I... If I'm celebrating and I want everyone to hear it, I'm not going around and whispering one by one individually to everyone in the room. You well, know?
0: There's, like, when you're at a important event where, like... Often. Where, like, yeah, yeah, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, <laughs> where, like, you're trying to be quiet, but you're not necessarily telling a secret. Like, you put your hand over your mouth. So people can see that you're talking, but, like, you're... You're trying to minimize the noise physically with your So I look more hand.
1: interesting.
0: The Air Force detail shows up and they collect some or all of the debris at the ranch. They had to drive out to the middle of nowhere. According to some accounts, one of the guys actually brings the debris to his house, but I'll delve into more of that later. This this all seems like a very like ramshackle operation, not very official sounding. But according to, to our farmer, Mr. Brazil, they... When they get there, before they pack it all up, they try to, like, reassemble the debris to, like, figure out what the hell it was. And they couldn't do it. Like, they didn't know really what they were monkeying with. And the debris was scattered over 200 yards in diameter. People thought, like, whoa, this is a lot of shit here. (laughs) Like, this isn't just, like, one little thing. This is a pretty, pretty huge area. Yet they thought that the stuff was really lightweight and couldn't weigh more than five pounds. I'm noticing in my notes that I put five points. I don't know what I meant by this. The people who packed up the debris also claimed to see letters on some of the parts. They described them as like almost hieroglyphic like. So that is a little spooky and a ranch man in the middle of nowhere would find that a little creepy. He had found other weather balloons on his ranch in the past. And none of them resembled what he was seeing at the moment. So that was July 6th. We are now on July 8th. And entering the scene is a man named Walter Howe. He is about to do something that I find fucking hilarious. He's the public information officer. And he just starts a press release and just flops it all out there. He just (laughs) lets it all hang out. Here's a quote from, uh... One of the newspapers that I found, Uh, I believe it's attributed to him. I'm not entirely sure. I have one that is definitely attributed to him, though. So it says, it was inspected, referring to the debris, it was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 409th Bomb Group Intelligence Office in Roswell to higher headquarters. That one's just kind of like attributed to the Army, but he's referring to the debris. Very ominous that he just says, higher headquarters. The direct quote that I found... And it is so fucking wacky. I can't believe he said this. The many rumors regarding the flying discs became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the, and then it's the atomic bomb group again, was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through cooperation with one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office. So he just outright said it. He's like, we got a disc. We had, we got a flying saucer. The army did it, everyone. High fives all around. Nothing.
1: Do you want me to? Uh, no, I just I didn't want to. I felt like I've spoken a lot, and didn't want it to be like the me show. How
0: would you? How would you react if one of your local officials just like outright said, "Yeah, a couple days ago we found a flying saucer. We've got it. We've got one. Aliens are real."
1: I don't think that. Well, okay, I'm using my understanding of local officials in those areas as a modern woman in the twenty in you know 2021, and I'm going. Those guys are idiots. They just (laughs) fell into that position from nepotism and the lack of options, and they don't know it's a flying saucer. He just roundabout think that might be one, you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, back then, like if a guy from the government or the, especially the military, tells you something, you're probably gonna like listen to it. Modern day, I suppose you would be like, okay, what the fuck ever, guy.
1: Well, because we've lost a lot of respect for like figures and stuff. And well, like part of when I was doing my like Templar research, and you know, when I brought up Nebuchadnezzar, not for him to <laughs> steal the show today, but you know, they were like the great king Nebuchadnezzar, and they were talking about like these warrior men, you know, much like um the Persians in t- three three hundred. Um, I, Whom I've realized you, you supported during oh that movie, even though they were the bad guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> you hate the Spartans. But he was referred to as a god king, right? Like, that's how we viewed people in power in those days, like the pharaohs. And I feel like, it, 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 whilst there is a large degree of trickle down, back in the day, like, a sheriff was well respected too. Now, like, it's more that those people are more of a joke.
0: We've got yeah. buffoons in yeah. power. Yeah, and I think. Throughout this story, it's important to remember that, like, on one hand, we have, like, World War II just happened, so, like, respect for the military, all-time high right now. We're also, like, creeping up on the Red Scare, questioning authority, all-time low right now. Questioning authority gets you in hot water. And then, kind of tying into that, one of the possibilities is that when this guy comes out and he says... Oh, we've got a flying saucer. People might not necessarily believe that it's aliens. They might also think that it's Soviet technology. Some people were worried that, like, it was leftover Nazi technology. And so there, there's, like, other possibilities. But, yeah, at this time, people are, like, just, uh, all right, whatever you say. Like, I won't question it.
1: Yeah, and they didn't have the means to as much as we needed yeah. to either. There wasn't, like, the whole all of human knowledge at their fingertips. It was like, you know, you get the newspaper and you talk to Bay at the corner store. And that's it. That's where you get your information from. And if and if Betty's not particularly smart, then you're Betty's not getting any insights.
0: She doesn't know anything. Just a head, head full of rocks rattling around. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this is moving very quickly. Like July 6th, a fun little farmer guy calls up. Sheriff, yeehaw, let's go check out this flying saucer july 8th it's making regional if not national headlines that hey the united states found a fucking flying saucer july 9th we are retracting the story we're we're backing it up walter you done goofed it numerous publications on july 9th are basically saying calm down everybody it's not fucking aliens or nazis or soviets general Ramey kind of like takes charge of this situation and he really pushes that this is just a weather balloon authorities explain that the shiny material that made up portions of the object are used to trace weather balloons uh with radar and measure like wind patterns or some other dork shit but that's why it's all reflective <laughs> It's definitely not an ultra-light super metal. Oh, that was another suspicious thing, though, is General Raimi is telling newspapers that it's a weather balloon before military officials can actually confirm what this is. So Walter, that guy who did the press release, he just shot from the hip and immediately was like, oh, this is obviously a this is obviously a flying saucer. Then the army takes the the debris and they're analyzing it. And while they're analyzing it still, Raimi is just like pushing hard, telling people it's a weather balloon. Shut up, it's a weather balloon. And if you don't think it's a weather balloon, contact your nearest army office or sheriff office, which I thought was... Either he's really trying hard to inform people or it might be a little bit of intimidation, one or the other.
1: Yeah, I think for me, them saying, hey, this is a UFO, like the bozo that was like, oh my God, it's, an, it's definitely a UFO. And then just like announcing that to everybody. I, I can like take or leave that. I don't really buy into it at that point. I, I just think probably idiot. <laughs> but like one doth protest too much. If you're telling me just, like, aggressively that it's a weather balloon, then that's when my little tiny brain goes, oh my god, it's a UFO. And maybe that says more about my, like, obstinate personality than anything else, but, like, if, if you weren't bothered about it too much, if you were just, like, calmly were like, oh yeah, guys, it's a weather balloon, and didn't threaten me to contact, you know, my local army uh, husbands, then, <laughs> yeah, I, I might go, yeah, okay, weather balloon. You know, well, you can't be an army wife because, you know, she's not in the army, but the army husbands are just the army men, right?
0: I suppose. (laughs) Contact my army husband who lives with me. Uh, What do you know about UFOs? Well, yeah, like, that's kind of how I feel about this whole conspiracy, is that there's, like, see... Oh, gosh, it's hard for me to get my thoughts correct with all the the CIA mind-melting waves that are hitting my house right now. (laughs) I feel like part of it could, you could easily explain it as this guy is earnestly trying to assuage the fears of the public and just handle this as comprehensively as possible. Reach out to the press, get the record straight, contact local people, encourage them to actually learn something about the situation instead of spreading rumors.
1: Okay. But
0: like you said... He's pretty aggressive about it, which kind of means it's actually aliens. But,
1: so, what was the reaction? Was everyone, like, shitting themselves, like, fuck, the aliens are here, it's over galactic war? That's,
0: that's actually what I, what I have next here, is that his little, like, his damage control thing, it works. The story basically just dies, like, right there. It's only it's only years later, like decades later that this stuff really reaches like a like a fevered pitch again and people really start questioning it. yeah, in the immediate aftermath people just kind of like calm down. obviously the Roswell thing it's good for tourism, so it's like a local thing for all intents and purposes it's not like I, I feel like nowadays you'd have like a mob just like trying to smash into wherever the debris is being held and this would go on for months but yeah. In the in 1947, big army man says, "Everybody go home. Nothing to see here." Everybody just goes home because there's nothing to see there.
1: Were they previously riled up about it, or was it? Did he was it necessary for him to say this to calm everybody down?
0: I think there could have been an ulterior motive, which I'll get to okay. later. But I think, uh, it, I think it's that which I'll cover. And then there was such a rash of sightings in this area that any, like, actual physical stuff that people could grab onto, even if it wasn't extraterrestrial, if they could say that it was and, like, get themselves to believe, that could cause, like, hysteria. So I think he, like, needed to seriously go into damage control mode here. Otherwise, maybe people would lose their shit. Um, While I was doing this research, yeah, it just seemed like everybody was seeing lights in the sky around New Mexico. I don't know what the hell that's all about. So, contradicting evidence and accounts. I mean, obviously the first one, and I've already touched on it. The fact that you have a guy who is so sure that it's a flying saucer that he, like, pulls the trigger and does that press release, like, immediately. You You can say, like, oh... That's incompetence. Part of me also wants to say that, like, the guy was so confident that that's what it was. And, like, why? otherwise, why would he do it?
1: Clout, do you think? Do you think clout? Like, I... Because he could be like, okay everybody's been talking about this for ages, this could be my big break, I'm going to be the one that talks about it. So, like, he doesn't want to corroborate it, he doesn't want any actual fact-based information, because if it is true, then he's the guy whose name will be attached to it forever. So he just wants to get out ahead of everybody and say, okay, it was me, I announced it, this this alien race will be named after me.
0: <laughs> They're the, the Hotites Yeah, I found them. See, I feel like if he thought it was aliens, he wouldn't have blurted it out. So I think it's like a combination of like he thought it was a saucer, but thought maybe it was just rival military tech. Like if he's the guy that busts it open that like, aha, a Soviet thing crashed here and I found it like that could be cool. And he wouldn't get, like, court-martialed over it, necessarily. But if he, like, spilled the beans on, like, I found extraterrestrial life, or evidence of it, I feel like you're absolutely supposed to keep that, like, close to your chest, but...
1: If it had already been found, then, yeah, like, that's a government secret. But if it's not yet in that realm, then you could argue it's open season. Because they're not... I don't know if they would be as pissed at you if you didn't reveal something that was already hushed
0: and he did this through like army channels though like if he was a private citizen then I say just uh go go fucking full bore throw this out to the world yeah but if he was able to use army resources to like organize this I feel like he would have to expect that oh I'm not going to get in trouble for this and so he can't think that it's like that important I don't know it's a it's a complicated it's a complicated situation
1: it is it is I agree
0: yeah Uh, Major Marcel, one of the Air Force guys that got the debris from Roswell, he brought it home and his son who i don't know if his son's still alive but as an adult he gave accounts of uh what he saw he said that the metal you know had that hieroglyphic appearance on it like it was like letters but not quite and i think he said that it like glowed purple a little bit i have some more details from the horse's mouth marcel major marcel himself he said that it looked like something had exploded over the ranch and so not just like a gentle little touchdown with a balloon he said it looks like something exploded or it exploded on impact he says that the debris looked like nothing he had seen before did a little digging marcel was a literal war hero from world war ii who like shot down planes dude was like a flight instructor i mentioned that atomic bombing group earlier that was like a hand-picked group of guys with like heightened security clearance so this guy is like very credible he claimed that he was familiar with everything that flew so this was your guy to identify shit and he says that he did not know what the fuck he was looking at the debris was lightweight almost like parchment they couldn't find anything that resembled like flight control equipment at all they found a black cube which they like couldn't couldn't see the purpose of and they couldn't open it. So I don't know if that's like a black box like we have on airplanes today.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that exactly what you'd expect to find? Unless the aliens use the same technology for their flight. <laughs> Maybe best. they
0: copied us. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> but like, that's a isn't that like just a recording thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so it's nothing that could like control the craft. And they didn't find like any people, any, any beings amid the debris either. I like that they're very scientific in testing the material. They tried bending it. Marcel tried to burn it with his cigar because it was, you know, they said it was lightweight. It was like parchment. So he's like, oh, fuck it. Discovery of the century. Let me just puff on the cigar and then jab it into this stuff and see if I can light it on fire. And they even start smacking it with a sledgehammer what the f- yeah like you have the you have the find of the century this could be priceless alien artifacts all right hold this i'm gonna fucking beat this shit out of it with a sledgehammer
1: and what were they gonna learn from that
0: well they said that it was like for for how lightweight it was the shit wouldn't bend like they just couldn't bend oh. it and so they're like this is insane fuck the scientific method i'm gonna just start beating the shit out of it <laughs> yeah press release jump in the gun and like 12 12 hours before that press release you have a couple air guys that are just wailing on this stuff and trying their best to fuck it all up
1: did you ever worry that like aliens visited and we had evidence of it but people were just so fucking stupid that that's gone now somehow like we lost it and all of the good information like it could have been aliens or like a previous race of humans like atlantis and we just like, you know, like dug over it to build a mall or some guy, yeah, like set a light to it with his cigar. I was like, no, I guess it wasn't. But it was because aliens might be weak to fire also. They might not be a fire they race. They might
0: be grass type or perhaps steel <laughs> yeah. type Pokemon. Up until this point, I had not felt that way. I thought that like maybe governments would be a little bit more careful, but I guess I guess governments are just made up of people and people are kind of dumb sometimes. Marcel mentions that at a small press conference, you know, that uh, General, uh, what was it, Ramey had, the press was not allowed to get too close to the debris. They were kept at, like, arm's length. And they couldn't touch it at all. Marcel was told to not say anything to the press. He could not squeeze out a peep to them. And he thought that was a little unusual. Although, again, you know, this could be military secret stuff. It could be Soviet shit that they're trying to cover up. But he also noticed that later photographs, they had substituted parts of the wreckage, parts of the debris. And so they had literal crisis actor trash sitting in for the real debris.
1: Well because they fucked it up, like they misplaced it or they were hiding they were they hiding something or was it just like it sounds like poor management it of the situation?
0: Because Marcel talks about how they bring in like a little bit of the debris for this press conference and he says that they have like half of a plane full of this stuff. And they only brought in a little bit. So it sounds like they're intentionally trying to mislead people, not give people the full picture. And then following this incident, I think it was like a couple months later, Marcel gets transferred abruptly to Washington, D.C. and he gets promoted.
1: (gasps) He gets promoted?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although he gets removed from this like prestigious like bombing group. It's like the only one in the country. So I don't know if his security clearance remains the same, but he gets quickly shuffled, you know, way far away from all this stuff and he gets a promotion. That could have been like a, you know, hey, just keep your mouth shut and you'll go far.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if it was hush money or distancing. Like, it could be either.
0: Could be both. Yeah. And then concurrent to all this... This isn't directly related to Roswell, but this is just to get a feeling for what's going on, like at the time and what people are saying. We have this this engineer uh, that works with like soil conservation, very exciting stuff, named Barney Barnett.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, James. Pull the other one. You did no research. You're making this up.
0: <laughs> so anyway, rolls dice <laughs> on July fifth spin's wheel Barney Barnett he made claims in 1950 to some friends you know he's like hey don't tell nobody um he says that he had witnessed a flying saucer crash in i wanna say oh god it was like Socorro or something like that i'm a hack fraud and i didn't write down the the area but it's not in Roswell but it's still in New Mexico and he claims to have seen a actual saucer not debris like an actual crashed saucer with bodies near it like dead aliens and this is like your stereotypical like the gray aliens with the big heads and the eyes are like spaced apart and they're a little bit smaller than us and he claims to have seen that and he says that there were university students that had also found the crash at roughly the same time some story about how they're on an archaeological dig with the, I think he said, University of Philadelphia. You know that thing where, like, people lie and they add, like, too many extra details?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh...
0: That's pretty cool. Anyway, totally unrelated. <laughs> he says that he saw a bunch of these university students there, too. And eventually, you know, of course, some military dudes show up and they say that it's your patriotic duty to shut the fuck up about this. So shut the fuck up about this. And you, you know, the I, I joked about the whole lying thing, extra details and stuff. But it sounds like this Barney guy, he actually told like a bunch of people about this story. Very unpatriotic. This Barney <laughs> did not did not love his country. And it's kind of like having like character witnesses, like a. A bunch of people secondhand report to these these guys writing this uh, thing called the Roswell Incident. They basically go out and interview a bunch of Barney's acquaintances, and they're all like, yep, he said this, 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 and it matches up with every single account. And a bunch of these people are like, yeah, Barney is this very conservative guy. He doesn't go around spreading rumors. He's straight as an arrow on everything. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't like make something up. Especially at a time when, again, like this is Red Scare, you say the wrong thing, you're going to get brought in front of a federal court.
1: Yeah. You know, like, this is a slight tangent, although still alien related. My, I feel like today, they could just tell us, yo, we have alien evidence. And like, that might help. That might help things a little bit. Because, you know, stuff isn't great right now. It never (laughs) has been, probably, but it does feel a little bit end times And, you know, we're doing all this space stuff. You know, Elon Musk exists too. And that's a mistake. (laughs) But but I feel like if the government, if the American government was like, oh, yeah, okay, so here's what we have, and it was legit alien stuff, I think the world might like calm down, calm down, Tad, and like start communicating and being like, hey, we have a new enemy, guys, and it's not each other. The enemy (laughs) of my enemy is my friend. You know?
0: you know, you and I, I think we're fairly level-headed people, <laughs> but yeah. like I go out and I live in the middle of nowhere right now and I go out and I interact with people. I'm a teacher. I have to interact with people's kids and then I like through those kids, I hear the parents speaking sometimes and I don't think a lot of people could handle the idea that humanity or earth or even just like america is not the center of the universe like (laughs) it, it has like huge like religious implications if there's beings on other planets like that would just invalidate or cause a serious crisis with like many different religions i feel you would have like different governments trying to figure out how to interact with with aliens and with all these like different doomsday prophecies you'd have people thinking that like oh aliens are a sign of the end times kill all of your leaders and get ready for the rapture
1: oh okay i mean because i i'm from the uk a lot of my friends and you know like modern liberals and we're all fine with everything so i feel like we could do with some aliens I feel like the normal people, the normal educated people, not even they don't even need to be educated. Just the normal people, the normal nice, sensible people, could do with some alien news.
0: It would be nice, but I feel like there are huge swaths of our society that would absolutely chimp out if, even if it was like, yeah, we found like non-sentient, like cat-sized aliens on this other planet. Oh, I want one. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Although I do have a cat-sized alien that was just meowing (laughs) on the other side of my door. And I had to tearfully ignore her and continue the podcast. Anyway, some people said that that debris field, that like, what was that like... 100 yards or some whack-ass amount i don't even know how big a yard is some big-ass diameter situation popping off that's too big to just be one weather balloon but this guy kendrick Fraser, science writer uh and our new nemesis because he works for uh, the skeptical inquirer claims <laughs> that now we know for a fact that the debris came from a train of weather balloons and not just one
1: a train of weather balloons sir. yeah
0: yeah
1: a train what were they what were they how many passengers were they taking to hogwarts <laughs> like what the fuck
0: hmm you say a train of weather balloons yet i do not hear a choo choo curious He says that this this weather balloon train was launched by New York University on June 4th, 1947, and had a covert mission of seeing if these balloons could hold microphones and other like detection equipment, recording equipment that could pick up on Soviet nuclear tests. So listening for like, I guess, atmospheric disturbances that would line up with like big ass explosions the material that they were made of according to fraser now this this is that whole uh duff protests too much or whatever the fucking whatever hamlet said the hieroglyphics on the equipment actually came from tape purchased from a new york city toy shop and the symbols were just abstract flower-like designs meant to appeal to children.
1: Just like what the Templars drew on the prison walls. <laughs> oh, James, it's all coming together.
0: <laughs> it's all one big tapestry.
1: I mean, I like that. I Because I, I can believe that would happen. People don't use the right tools. They cut corners. I can see someone going, shit, we need some tape. I'll just pop out. What's the closest stationery store? This one for kids? All right, we'll get this. It's, we've got some washi tape.
0: And like, that's, that's the thing for me is that like with this conspiracy, there's like always two explanations and like, it's like the, the press release thing or the general Raimi, like trying to calm people down either. Like this is entirely believable because we live in an, in a rational world or look at all the times that we've been irrational and who would use toy shop tape on our secret weather balloon train. That's trying to detect Soviet nuclear explosions in the atmosphere.
1: As an adult who has now had a job for six years, I believe any adult that has had a job <laughs> might <laughs> cut a corner and be like, fuck, I ain't walking all the way down to the special government tape store. That's three blocks away. I'm just going to pop in to, you know, Pinocchio and Sons and grab this kooky, wacky child's tape. It will do the, is it sticky? Yes. Tick, it does the job. Put it on the special government tape fucking russian spy train
0: (laughs) yeah it's not like anyone's gonna see this or anything (laughs) and then the curb your enthusiasm plays as he (laughs) he looks at the newspaper (laughs) but i guess my my takeaway with this conspiracy is that i think that the reason why there was such an aggressive cover-up might just be because of the whole like Spy equipment stuff. And so that would explain why certain elements of the debris were hidden during press conferences. That would explain why we're in such a rush to say it's just a weather balloon, it's just a weather balloon. But at the same time, I have difficulty believing that a pilot that was like a war hero and has high level security clearance wouldn't recognize debris the farmer who had weather balloons crash on his land wouldn't recognize these weather balloons for some reason and why a guy who is trusted with disseminating uh public information wouldn't uh, why he would be so sure that it's a flying saucer like all those things really really fuck with me and that's not even tackling like the The anecdotal stuff about the metal being extremely durable and pervious to bending or damage or our big American sledgehammers that are known to cave in any material. It's just, I don't know, it's strangely believable. This is the first time I've, like, on this long and storied history of our podcast where I've been like, oh, this is a little, there's a gray area here.
1: I mean, I have always been in two minds about... Or not aliens. I definitely, you know, 100% believe that aliens exist somewhere. But in terms of, like, visiting Earth, I've kind of assumed not. But at the same time, I'm like, but if you said that they had, I'd go, yeah, you know what, that does make sense. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. And, like, the evidence presented is, like, so many people have seen things. We've seen, like, glimpses on video of, like, strange lights. We've had a lot of stories from pilots who have seen things that aren't within, like, that they're aware of. Like, obviously, they could be testing new, like, fighter planes and, like, surveillance drones, etc. But we hear so many of these stories, and some of them can be explained away by, like, oh, you spend a long time in the desert, you see nothing, like, your mind plays tricks on you, it's in the dark, the same as, like, looking into a mirror at nighttime, right, without any lights on. Yeah. But there's, there is a part of me that I'm, like, not fully convinced it's it's not aliens. I'm not. A lot of the time I'm like, oh, that's silly, that's the conspiracy theory, but I enjoy it. With this one, I'm like, I want it to be, but I also know, like, I genuinely believe that it could be, but yeah. I will stick with the government explanation of probably not, just because it probably isn't, and why haven't they been back?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it was just the the Soviet spying stuff, like, yeah, and and that's why there's a cover-up. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was like, yeah, we actually had no idea what this shit was and we had to cover it up quickly. I don't think it was just a weather balloon. The, I guess the thing for me was just the primary sources. Like so many times we just go off of like, they said blah. And it's like, who who are they? But I was able to find like actual interviews with people who were there. It's, it's weird that it's just all kind of open and out there. That these, these credible people are saying shit like this.
1: Like, the human mind is tricky. Memory is tricky, right? So, there's some... I, I do, I'm just saying, like, I think humans in general are infallible, regardless of their station, however well respected they are, how knowledgeable they are. But, at the same time, something had to have gone on for this sort of, like, circus to occur. Because if it was just, like a normal weather balloon they could instantly prove that surely by going here's another one this is what it looks like if i drop it this is what it looks like in these conditions or here's the thing that the new york guys were making here's another one Where's the other one?
0: Yeah, it's just like there's so many weird things combined with, like, there's no incentive to lie about this, really, I feel.
1: Maybe the whole thing was set up as a distraction from something else. And I don't even mean, like, th- it was a secret spy camera that we didn't want the uh, fucking technology to be leaked about. Like, maybe it was, like, the whole thing, the whole circus from start to finish was a distraction from something that was like the pandemic, you know, is that a distraction from something more important going on? Where <laughs> okay. why, why aren't we talking about the Panama <laughs> Papers anymore? Yeah. You know, oh, like, <laughs> oh
0: my goodness, this got this got real.
1: What what was happening at the time that we might have wanted to have a complete diversion from with some alien fiasco?
0: I, I mean I don't wanna bring it back to Barney
1: <laughs> Barney Barneson. Have you seen the TV the is it? Amazon, the Invincible series?
0: I've seen clips of it, and I know how it goes.
1: Okay. Because there's a moment there where the aliens come to Earth, and they age really quickly on Earth, so they all just sort of, like, die instantly. <laughs> but I was thinking, like, maybe aliens have been there all along. Like, the crafts were in the sky. But, like, somebody, like, took the fuse out of... On the alien planet that was, like, keeping them powered, somebody, like, tripped over a wire somewhere, or, like, something happened on their home planet where the guys that were, like, keeping them sustained died out. Like, if something happened to NASA and, like, guys were in the international spacecraft, they'd be like, shit, how are we getting back, right? Something similar happened, and all of the, like, the spacecraft during, like, that month or so where there was a lot of activity plummeted to Earth because they, you know, got turned off. Somehow. I
0: see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is kind of weird to think about, like, if some aliens just got stranded, like, in our orbit or something, and they have no way to come back, and so that's why they're so skittish, and they're not actually making contact with us.
1: And we have no idea how long they've been there. Like, perhaps even they had died, like, the ships lived for longer than the aliens, so, like, they ran out of, like, the alien air or the alien food. But the ships, like, still had some power, right? For the ship sustainability, it just couldn't uh, sustain life. So the aliens could have died, you know, back in the 15th century, and the ships were still there. And then the ships finally plummeted, like slowly, because it wouldn't really all happen at the same time. But it would kind of happen close, because they would have all taken their fuel at the same time and had different usages based on what the aliens wanted to consume, how they all like dealt with this uh, discommunication from their home planet. Right?
0: We're doing some good world building right now.
1: I'm putting it out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this <laughs> the, the is my aliens, theory. The aliens did not bring enough tang and <laughs> they didn't have enough batteries for their radios. Let's and so they just fell to earth.
1: I I'm just I it's plausible. I think it's plausible.
0: Yeah. Speaking maybe just of
1: surveillance, yeah, go on.
0: I was gonna say, speaking of appraising something on plausibility, could we, uh, would we like to pit these two conspiracies against each other in some sort that's... of clash situation?
1: Oh, maybe a clash conspiracy. Perhaps. Sounds perfect. All right, let's start with, as always, Deep Impact. We
0: probably <laughs> always start with that. We always start with Hook.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Let's start, as always, with Hook. Perfect. <laughs> Believability. Ooh.
0: I'll let you take this one.
1: Dude, I don't know, because I feel like both of them are far-fetched, but at the same time, I think both of them could have ha- Okay, with the Templars, where I start to doubt is the, the money pit logistics itself. But in terms of the Templars potentially hiding religious artefacts... That's a lot of cash to launder. <laughs> okay, and I and I think th- therefore we would have been able to track it if it wasn't hidden, buried, secreted away somewhere. Maybe there is a little spiky crown somewhere in the depths <laughs> of Canada.
0: The depths—it's like on the shore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I see. With that, I feel like if they're going to hide it in the New World, if they're going to hide it in, in Nova Scotia, why not just stay there and guard it? Like, why not make a fortress or, or go further? Just, like, keep going. Like, if it was so easy for you guys to get, to get there, why wouldn't you go further? I don't know how they would know about the Americas at this time.
1: Well, much like the aliens, it was a resource situation. They ran out and they just had to bury it where they got to. <laughs>
0: But they come back, <laughs> don't they? Aren't they like, all right, we got enough for the return trip. Well, oh, they can
1: pop back. You need to, you need to eke it out. You need to be, you know, cognizant of how much you have to get back to Scotland so you can tell them about the corn that they can then carve in their cathedrals.
0: Yeah, the corn and the flower thing. Like, I know that's meant to be like a, a proof thing, but I, <laughs> that like almost detracts for me. It's like, oh come on it's now. Like they, like they they go and they see this new world. And, like, all this cool stuff. And they're like, yeah, put the corn on there. Make sure that people know about corn. And the new flower.
1: It could just be, like, a cheeky little wink. Like a Tarantino reference.
0: Were there any feet?
1: Not everything has to carry, like, this deep gravitas. It could just be, like, oh, throw in that nod to this, like, fucking bee movie I jerked off over when I was 15, right? Into fucking Reservoir Dogs. And that's the same thing. They're like, hey, we like that corn, mate. Put the corn on, cathedral. That'll (laughs) make us chuckle, wouldn't it? You know? Something like that.
0: Okay. I, I can see it.
1: Maybe there's nothing in the money pit because it's already been excavated. Like, remember it was stumbled upon in the late 1700s? Like, it's been there for 400 years at that point. Maybe the Templars went back and got it. And, you know, today we have people of power... Like, the Templars are a sort of slightly less popular Illuminati, right? You hear, like, all oh, that they're somehow related to or descended from, involved with the Templars, and they get their power and their wealth from the, their historical ancestry, right? So maybe it wasn't the money pit and it's been taken out, and that's why they didn't want to, like, bury it too much, because somebody was on their way to get it.
0: Okay, so it's like just a you know how pirates just bury shit, <laughs> it's just one of those.
1: It could be one of those. It could also be pirate treasure. Like they found they 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 suspect that a sort of pirate ship, a galleon has has sunk in that bay area because they found like parts of a, a really really old ship. But they haven't found like the entire ship. They've just found like the beams which are associated with like classical ships of that era and like a couple of like big nails, which is strange to me because like how deep is it? Like you can find a nail, but you can't find the ship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a big it's made up of wood. It looks like this. I just draw like a semicircle and <laughs> a little triangle on top. Okay. How do we feel about the believability of Roswell? Be-
1: I I would say like fifteen percent.
0: Fifteen percent on it being aliens? Or fifteen yeah. percent. Okay, because I could. I'm. I'm split. Like I. I feel like the most believable thing is that it's spying technology that we had. But I yeah, wouldn't. Sure. I would not be shocked. Like genuinely, I would not be shocked if it was some unknown aircraft that we just were like, oh, what the fuck is this thing?
1: I mean, for all we know, it, it could have been. It could have been like China. It could have been Russia, and we still don't know that. And they never mentioned it to. The U.S. <laughs> they, they, it was one of their boys. Oh, it was their they, air train.
0: They think it was. They think it was aliens. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. that was the bullet there.
1: <laughs> they put one and one together, and they came up with seventeen, and thought it was aliens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree. Or, or I'm still like I'm still buying into my like pompous sort of like distraction technique. Something else like nefarious was going on with the government. They they put a little alien spacecraft down for us to uh, turn the other way, and then when our when our backs were towards them, they I don't know like stole a bunch of people from a different country. They cleaned to out enslave. Oak
0: Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but probably. They, but they hush it up so fast. Like if if you wanted to be this big spectacle and like it like drum up controversy, they failed that. Like it fades away. Like boom, within a couple but we're days. We're still
1: talking about it today.
0: But that only happened like decades later in the aftermath yeah. of it it's just it just dries up like instantly
1: who's president maybe he fucked someone and that was it and he was just like just look the other way <laughs> harry quick. truman yeah truman had a little clinton incident and he was like oh fuck just can we just put some aliens down real quick and roswell for a hot second <laughs> for
0: literally a second yeah as a as a history guy i struggle with the with the templars going to nova scotia I'm, like, in the middle here. Like, I feel like I can believe both of these equally.
1: The temples went everywhere. Like, their literal job was ferrying people around the world.
0: Well, not around the world. Just to the Holy Land.
1: I mean, from Europe? That's... There's a sea there. There's boats <laughs> there, there are.
0: There are a few letters there, actually. <laughs> <sighs> I'll, I'll give it to the Templars. I'll give it to the Templars.
1: I'm, I'm not like I'm not precious either way. Like I, bo- I think both of them have believable elements to it, and I think both of them have alternative explanations to the ones offered.
0: I, I have to remind myself about the lead cross thing, though. Like that's pretty fucking huge.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give Hook to the Templars.
1: Okay, Templars win. Hook. Good. Ooh. Good job, guys.
0: I find up
1: the Templars.
0: Deep impact. Deep impact. If the Templars really did hide all of their goodies in a hole in Canada, what does that mean for me?
1: Bro, you know what this is, though? And I feel like our two conspiracies can't exist at the same time. It's (laughs) like, it's either... No, because it's either like, here's the Ark of the Covenant... His evidence for Christ in the Bible, or it's his aliens. Fuck you, Bible. It's science time.
0: Well, I th- Do you know? well, I think that even like even if you're an atheist or you don't you don't believe in a higher power, you can you can still acknowledge that like religious things exist just because. I don't believe that Buddha is, like, a divine whatever-the-fuck. Doesn't mean, like, those giant statues that you're terrified of don't exist in Asia.
1: No, but we don't have, like, any artifacts from... Like, I believe that Christ existed. Right. Right? As a as a dude. Like, he, he did some, like, magic David Blaine shit, and everyone was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. And then bad shit happened to him. But we don't have any of... The memorabilia, really, <laughs> around that time. It's only been merch. 2,000
0: years, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come on.
1: Where are my hoodies? Where are my phone cases? Because of that, I'm like, okay, there's some stuff, like the Holy Grail, if you drink from it, you get eternal life. Would be quite cool to find that and give that a little test to rooney You know? So maybe if the Templars do have the Holy Grail, and, you know, Moses's blackboards, <laughs>
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: like, if we found the blackboards, that would be
0: cool. That would be that would be cool. And I do think that like something that significant, like you'd think people wouldn't just lose those. Like they'd put them somewhere and be like, holy shit, never lose these. <laughs> do not lose. Yeah. Put up a little sign. Do not lose those. <laughs> Important.
1: Precisely. And yeah where
0: is it so so when you say that like boom jesus real religion real like this validates my faith i think that they would just be like culturally significant and religiously significant artifacts like if you found the original ark of the covenant i could like i believe that that's that exists or did exist at one point i don't think that if you open it up you're gonna melt if you look at it I am
1: really sad that you hear all about the Ark of a Covenant, and you're like, oh my god, it's an Ark, like Noah's Ark, and then it's just a fucking box, dude. <laughs> okay. Oh <my
0: God. laughs> you know? I lo- like
1: way to like grand, like fucking false
0: grandeur. This is like the fifth religious artifact that you've just been completely irreverent
1: towards. <laughs> no, I think it would be fucking sweet to like I if I if Moses's fucking doodle work was in front of me. No, if it's, like if it's like if there was ten commandments in like the British Museum, right?
0: Of course, it'd be in the British Museum.
1: We take all the good shit. <laughs> I would be in awe of it because of the significance. Of course, I would, right? Yeah. Like that's that's dope. Congratulations! Like I look at the Rosetta Stone and I will just stare at that thing because like it's not really just like the Am itself, right? It's the weight of history that it represents, and, yeah. the, and that's sweet. When it comes to you know like all of this religious stuff, they often like you said have these additional components attached to them which are otherworldly. And I think if we had them all, we could test that. (laughs) Is it Indiana Jones or is it just a wicker box covered in gold?
0: I mean, if the conspiracy is true, that doesn't necessarily mean we will get (laughs) access to this stuff. It just means that it's out there.
1: Someone's gonna drink from that fucking cup, dude. That had Christ blood in it. Someone has to. I'm sure
0: somebody did put it. some
1: Lacroix in it. Oh have my an acid. god,
0: the <laughs> Lacroix just instantly like disintegrates. <laughs> some jackass pours yeah. in like Coke Zero, and the acidity just melts it.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right though. I think
0: aliens yeah if you told me like there's religiously significant artifacts in that hole I'd be like oh that's really cool like I'm really excited about it but that doesn't like change my life if we had proof of aliens it's like and they have spacecraft and they crashed on our planet where we live I'd be like oh my god that's incredible like I'll so I will I will take the deep impact please one impact.
1: Just just like with a caveat, right? The caveat. Like, deep impact aliens. But caveat if finding these religious artifacts somehow proved the existence of God. Oh my
0: god, then yeah. That's
1: cool. Like god, like I can't like I know aliens exist anyway. I just don't think they've been to Earth probably. But if God existed, that's that's game changing. Do whatever the fuck like the life we've got after life now probably. Thank you, sir, for that. (laughs) Thanks, bud. Big up, big up, big love.
0: (laughs) All that stuff I said, uh, I take it back. (laughs) And I know you're into that sort of thing. I know that you're into takesies bagsies,
1: (laughs) right? So, God bigger impact than aliens because aliens definitely exist somewhere in the universe for sure. To to an extent, somehow. We don't get into the Fermi Paradox was, again, but even if the Fermi Paradox is a
0: thing, right? Like, just, it is a thing. I was just thinking about <laughs> that, and I told Emma, I was like, Clem and I talked about the Fermi Paradox, but we didn't explain what it was in our episode, <laughs> so <laughs> good luck to anybody who doesn't know what it is.
1: Accepting the Fermi Paradox, they still have existed, right? Yeah, yeah. Or simultaneously exist, so...
0: Or will exist. That
1: doesn't... Oh, yeah. So, that doesn't really... Change anything about our lives, whereas God is like, oh, magic. Magic <laughs> is now part of our universe, the same as if Harry Potter was real.
0: Yes, uh, I'll and give you that. That's yeah.
1: bigger, but yeah, like I. don't... But if we just found like an old cup, then yeah, sure, aliens more important.
0: All right. Final category, the category formerly known as Inception. <laughs> I am going to just outright say that a multinational banking group of knights who got tortured into admitting they're into piss and shit stuff and worship a goat man, and then they go to Canada to bury a bunch of really cool memorabilia, and then come back and carve about flowers. Pretty cool. Pretty original.
1: Yeah. And like, aliens... Isn't like aliens when first conceived of probably call cool an original, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just saying did they pop down? This is your like your theory is assuming that aliens exist and then but the the conspiracy is that they've been to Earth, right? Yeah. So or or the, the conspiracy is in-
0: specifically Roswell was an extraterrestrial event.
1: Yeah, I think the Templar thing takes a much more ingenuity of the imagination to hook those things together. It's a a cool wild ride.
0: Shit's wacky. And
1: it would make a better film. Because I've I've watched movies about Roswell and it's just a bit of an investigation and it is interesting. It's a nice documentary. But like a fucking Templar epic? Yeah. I want to watch that one. I would
0: make my Roswell thing into a comedy. Because there's so many moments that just seem like it's... I could see Adam Sandler... Uh, I almost said Kevin Spacey, I meant Kevin James, uh, David <laughs> I thought you Spring. said it was going
1: to be a comedy, but then you've enlisted
0: Kevin James. <laughs> Isn't he, uh, Paul Blart? Yeah. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. He gets, he okay. gets asses in seats. Low quality asses, but he gets them.
1: <laughs> Alright. So, that's a, that's a Templar win. Two out of three. Yeah. For the Templars. How do you feel? Oh, I didn't expect it. How
0: do you feel? Locking up your first dub ski. and with the Templars no My Yeah.
1: Really? We've
0: only had three episodes.
1: M- Moon lost.
0: Moon lost.
1: Last week, I mean, that was a right. Those Sherdamas got story.
0: absolutely ragdolled.
1: It is my first win. I mean, like I don't really see it as like a I'm fighting for this corner. It's just a random, right?
0: I mean that that would detract from my wins, but I guess if you want to do that.
1: but like i feel like we do when we come to argue it we have a little bit of a soft spot for our own side right yeah
0: because we've done more yeah we've done more research we've spent more time with it we've nursed it to uh, to adulthood
1: yeah i'm really proud of my the the templars today
0: and i'm so happy for you
1: as i (laughs) sulk with
0: my second place trophy
1: thank you to anyone that listened this long it might be a long one this week not sure appreciate you
0: yeah you and you look great today too thanks for thanks for stopping in here to to watch us
1: um please follow at clash we still have only one tweet it, but who knows by the time this goes out we could have 300
0: and currently i'm the only i'm the only follower and so it's getting lonely the supplies are low please send help <laughs>